Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text this day is our first reading from Acts chapter 1. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers and said, The scripture had to be fulfilled which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand concerning Judas. Therefore, one of these men must accompany, must become with us a witness to Jesus' resurrection. And they put forward Joseph and Matthias, and they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. You may be seen. In the name of Jesus, dear friends, Forty-some days ago, the disciples had a problem. Their Lord and Master had been arrested, tried, convicted, and executed. They recognized their own guilt by association. Surely, if this is what they did to Jesus, they will also do it to us. They were afraid. And so they did what anyone would do in that kind of situation. They ran away and hid. There in that upper room, they sat around the table and said to each other, Now what? Where do we go from here? What are we going to do? They didn't have a clue. All they knew is that the man on whom they had pinned all their hopes was dead and gone, and they would be next. It was all over. Now, 40-some days later, there they are again, presumably in that same upper room, sitting around the same table, only their company had grown tenfold. Their fears were gone. No longer were they worried about their futures. They had a whole new feeling of confidence, boldness, and joy. What had happened in the course of those 40-some days to bring about such change? Their Lord and Master had risen from the dead. Over the course of those 40-some days, he'd been appearing to them, showing himself to be alive, convincing them of the truth. His death had meant the end of death. It is finished, Jesus had declared, and he meant it. His resurrection from the dead is the proof. Over the course of the past 40-some days, we've been hearing again and again of those appearances of Jesus to his disciples, relieving their fears and renewing their hope. Then, on the 40th day after he was raised from the dead, something else truly wondrous had happened. He led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. He ascended back to the right hand of God, the Heavenly Father, from whence he had come. But not before he gave them some very important instructions. He said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, 
that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And he also left them this promise. I am with you always to the very end of the age. So they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. His resurrection and ascension changed everything. No longer did they cower in fear. No longer did they wonder, now what? They now knew what? It was time to get to work. So Peter stood up and said, Jesus chose 12 of us, and it seems very likely that he did it for a reason. There must be 12 apostles. The only problem is, one of us is no longer with us. We need to replace Jesus. So the nominating committee scoured the membership roster for very good candidates. They found two and put it to a vote. So Matthias was numbered with the 11 apostles. And what did they proceed to do? He became a witness with them of Jesus' resurrection. From that point forward, everything they would do, everywhere they would go, to everyone whom they would meet, they would represent Jesus. Now, my manuscript says you graduates assembled here today, but sorry, we're all going to have to pick on you. <laughs> I don't know if you're sitting here this morning thinking something similar, but you are at a turning point in life. You may have your summer more or less figured out. And I know I, I read the, the sheet of the information that you sent us back and what your plans for the future are. You've got some plans for the next chapter. Some of your classmates may not. And what if they don't? What if you actually had no clue what you were going to do with the rest of your life? That's a lot of pressure. Half of the time, I don't even know what I'm going to do next week. For the rest of my life. And what if I'm wrong? What if I choose the wrong school, or the wrong career, or the wrong spouse? What if I fail? Then what? I may think I've got it all figured out. But what if I'm wrong? 
And as I looked through the list of our graduates this year, I noticed something interesting. About half of the members of this class, including Roman, are the youngest in their family. So as for you, Patrick and Darcy, this is it. <laughs> this is the last of your little birdies to leave the nest. So what's next for you? Well, sure, they might not be leaving right away. Some of these members of the class of 22 may still live at home while they're going to school here somewhere locally, or they'll come home every so often, usually around the time the clothes hamper fills up so that you can do their laundry for them again. And some of them, no matter how you might encourage them, might never leave. But your lives, too, are about to change. For the last 18 to 20 or 25 years, all you've known is how to be parents. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to have to figure out what does it mean to be parents of grown-up kids? And as for the rest of you who aren't graduating or don't have kids graduating, well, obviously this sermon just doesn't apply to you, does it? Of course it does. We all face times of uncertainty, times of apprehension, maybe even fear, health concerns, financial trouble, death of a loved one, wars and rumors of wars, floods, fires and famines, sometimes all at the same time. There are any number of reasons why we find ourselves feeling a little bit like the disciples those 40-some days ago, wanting only to run and hide ourselves away from the world and all its troubles and pressures and worries. Where is your and what happens there? Your upper room is right here. And what happens here? Your risen Lord appears to you and shows himself to be alive and present in his precious word and sacraments. He comes to this place, stands in your midst and says, Peace be with you. He breathes on you and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. He takes you to the font where he made you his own in the waters of your baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He declares to you, I forgive you all your sins. He brings you to the altar where he feeds you his own body and blood. Just as he broke the bread for those disciples in Emmaus, so that their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And as he gave them the bread and the fish on the shore of the Sea of Galilee that night, come, take, eat, and drink of the very body and blood of your Lord Jesus Christ, given and shed for you, for the forgiveness of sins, for your life and your salvation. And hear his promise echoing from the mountain of his ascension. I am.
with you always to the very end of the age no matter what you do no matter where you may go whether you have it all figured out or don't even begin to have a clue don't be afraid his resurrection and ascension have changed everything for you as well. So it's time to get to work. Because you're just like Matthias. You've been chosen and appointed by your Lord to represent Him everywhere you go, in everything you do, and to everyone whom you meet. We all have. Sure, our situations may change. Even the places we call home and the people we call family. Not all callings last forever. But the beauty of it all is that he goes with us. To the college classroom. To the trade school shop. The workforce. The military service. To marriage. And parenthood. To retirement and old age. Even to death. So we follow where he leads with all boldness and confidence. For he is with us every step of the way. And he will not fail. One of my absolute favorite prayers is the collect for guidance in our calling. It's on page 311 in your hymnal. Would you turn to that right now, please? Page 311. For guidance in our calling. It sums up so well the nature of our lives here on earth as followers and representatives of Jesus. So my prayer for you this day, especially for you, Roman, is that it be your prayer as well. Let's pray together for guidance in our calling on page 311. Lord God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, by paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.